starting out the discussions on AI with a little bit of existential dread. It's usually a good way to close out AI discussions. This one is from an interview between Lex Friedman. Everyone knows who he is, I'm assuming. And John Carmack, who was, you know, legendary programmer. He's told multiple times throughout the interview. He's one of the better programmers around. He was involved in Doom, Quake, a lot of popular video games that really defined the PC gaming genre through the 90s up until now. And since then, he's moved on to, you know, other things. Like, he was involved with Oculus for a bit. And he was deciding between, should I go into Nuclear Fusion or AGI? Which feels like just the weirdest shortlist to have. But hey, <laughs> if, you've, if you've solved every programming problem, I guess that's all that's left on the bucket list. So he's involved in the AGI space. I don't really know what products he's bringing at the moment, but he came on the podcast to talk about all of this stuff. And this was from the AGI segment. I think it's easier for cheaper to provide uh, to provide value via a dumb AI uh, that will take us towards AGI to just have a friend. I think there's an ocean of loneliness in the world. And I think an effective friend that doesn't have to be perfect, oh, doesn't nice. have to be intelligent, that has to be empathic, having emotional intelligence, having this ability to next. remember things, having ability to listen. <laughs> Most of us don't listen to each other. One of the things that love, and when you care about somebody, when you love somebody, is when you listen. And that is something we treasure. Lex gets in, in his feels about love like all the time. It's hilarious. Yes. Care about each other. He, he wants an and AI wife from the uh, maybe, yeah. He really, really <laughs> wants an AI waifu. He can tell. It's not, the, it's not the first time it came up in the interview. It's kind of funny. Uh, but okay. You can do that kind of thing. Um, I think that pr provides a huge amount of value and very importantly, provides value in its ability to listen and understand versus provide really good advice. I think providing really good advice is very difficult, is, is, is another next level step that would... Um, I think it's just easier to uh, to do companionship. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I think that there's very few things that I would argue can't be reduced to a uh, some kind of a narrow AI. Yeah. I think we can do you know, trillion dollars of value easily and all the things that can be done there. And a lot of it can be done with smoke and mirrors without having to go the whole thing. I mean, there's going to be the equivalent of the Doom, uh, <laughs> the Doom version for the AGI that's not really <laughs> yeah. AGI, it's all smoke and mirrors, but it happens to do enough valuable things that it's enormously uh, useful and valuable to people. But at some point, you do want to get to the point where you have the fully general thing and you stop making bespoke specialized systems for each thing and you wind up uh, start using the higher level language instead of writing everything in assembly language. What about consciousness? Yeah, heavy question. But yeah, I, I just to explain what he's tying it back to, they were talking about earlier in the interview where people thought Doom was the first 3D game, but people call it 2.5D because it's not rendering things with true 3D graphics. It can't yeah. draw pyramids, for example, because everything is just going to be a rasterized wall. It can't draw angled shapes in any way. So the designers had a lot of constraints. But it was all smoke and mirrors to make it feel like you were in a 3D world until I think it was Quake that they actually figured out more of a 3D rendering engine. So I, I kind of see that with AI use cases as well. I, we were talking yeah. about this a little yesterday of like general intelligence. Does it matter if it's really feeling something or if it's fake? The answer is who cares as long as it's giving you the companionship or the waifu that you're actually looking for. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's an interesting question of like, it, I, you've already shared some of your opinions with me, but do you have thoughts on what AGI looks like to people and when oh. it's actually a panic moment? 
versus, you know, it's close enough. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. There's so much in this, in this conversation that uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's very hard to summarize. Uh, asking when it is a panic moment, I think is a, is the wrong question because mm. we need to be working on slopes and not crossover points. Uh, there's no, there's, like, if we're on a trajectory towards complete doom of human civilization, then we need to be panicking now, not 50 years from now. Uh, if we, if, like, the, the overwhelming trajectory likelihood uh, is that we can do something about it. Uh, I mean, I happen to be in the doomer camp that is so far into this <laughs> that I think there is nothing that we can do about it. Uh, mm. It does have a potential of ending human, human civilization. Um, and we should enjoy it while it lasts. Um, and, and, it, and, and it's not a given that it, that it will end human civilization, but uh, you know, we, there, is, there, is some pro- there is some non-zero probability which uh, should alarm people and, and it doesn't alarm us because uh, it is not immediate. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's where I stand on these things. We, we just happen to live in a, in a very interesting time where we, we, it doesn't exist yet. And uh, we, we're getting the short-term benefits, which are like, it, you know, it helps us code. And we're, yeah. we're kind of ignoring yeah, the, exactly. the long-term benefits of like, it could also end us by being, uh, you know, a million times faster than us at evolving. And uh, the overwhelming evidence from all of civilization and recorded history is that whenever a more advanced civilization comes into contact with a less advanced civilization, uh, it is the less advanced one that gets wiped out. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's all I have on that topic, really. Yep. Yep. A lot of things. And I'll actually hit play here because Carmack uh, kind of explained something that is uh, along those lines of how we want AI to mimic us, but it learns in such a different way that yeah. even if it acted like us, it would behave or have cognition that's completely different. It wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, actually, like the best case scenario is actually exactly what happens in her. That um, the mm. AI or the super intelligence ascends to a different plane and leaves us alone. That's that's actually great for us. <laughs> That's that's fantastic. There's a lot of there's know, a lot of yeah. universe out there, right? They don't have yeah. to compete with us, right? Um, and so I if they get bored of ending. us, yeah. If they get bored of us, which they which they very well could, because we're so much slower than them, um, <laughs> then they could do other stuff and and leave us alone. I think that'd be great. I think um, you know, if we become like pets, um, then they take care of us, which like we kind of want them to take oh. care of us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be taken care of. But I don't know. For some things, you yes. want to feel like you're in charge. At the same you time, do. exactly. When when shit hits the fan, you're you look to the government to help you, right? That's looking yeah. to a to a higher power to help you, right? Mm-hmm. If you're religious, mm-hmm. you, you want God or you know your your deity of choice to help you. Um, and so mm. this is just a man-made deity, just like other man-made deities we, we've had that that uh, help us. Uh, hopefully in 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 our existence and, and things that we want but um i don't know I, I i am very like philosophical about this in the sense of like you know corporations are life forms um human governments and human systems are life forms and uh they have a mind of their own that is independent of uh what the individuals that make them up uh actually want or think yeah yeah there was a comment in the chat and ai would be okay with us exploiting simpler ai 
like well, I don't know. <laughs> smaller, yeah, yes. That's funny. Yeah, smaller AI. AI. There small you AI go. is very safe. No one has an issue with small AI. We should no invest all our money in small AI. <laughs> yeah. When you spell it S M O L, it's like, oh, it's uh -huh. just cute. It's just a small little AI. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's easy. Um, right. It's funny. I'm actually working on like a uh, with uh, with a designer right now on, on the logo for Small AI, and uh, yeah, it's like this little cute little chick. Um, it's gonna be adorable. We're, we're gonna make uh, AI. Oh, adorable. I love it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's gotta be a fuzzy thing. Just also one more clip here that I'll go ahead and play, but cool. we're already kind of touching on the topics. The C word. Do, what do you think that's fundamental to solving AGI, or is it a quirk of human? cognition. So I think most of the arguments about consciousness don't have a whole lot of merit. Uh, I think that consciousness is kind of the way the brain feels when it's operating. Uh, and, <laughs> yes. and this idea that, you know, I do generally subscribe to sort of the pandemonium theories of consciousness where there's all these things bubbling around. And I think of them as kind of slightly randomized, sparse distributed memory bit strings of things that are kind of happening, recalling different associative memories. And eventually you get some level of consensus and it bubbles up to the point of being a conscious thought there. And the little bits of stochasticity that are sitting on in, uh, in this as it cycles between different things and recalls different memory, that's largely our imagination and creativity. Um, so I don't think there's anything deeply magical about it, certainly not symbolic. I think it is generally the flow of these uh, associations drawn up with stochastic, stochastic noise overlaid on top of them. And I think so much of that is like it depends on what you happen to have in your field of view as some other thought was occurring to you that overlay and blend into the next key that queries your memory for things. And that kind of determines how, you know, how your chain of consciousness goes. So that's kind of the qualia, the subjective experience of it is not is not essential for intelligence. I don't think so. I don't think there's anything really important there. What about some other human? Yeah, that, that one speaks to, like AI is not gonna think like us at all, even if it is similar and speaks the English language, whatever you're thinking about, because yeah, the reason humans are so slow is it, the way that we can recall things. Like I have this problem all the time. I can't remember people's names. I can't remember the last show that I watched a month ago. But if I see like one thing in my living room or I see someone's face, I immediately remember all of the facts. And it, it's the availability part of it where it's all, it's, it's all chaotic in order to actually bubble up into something that makes sense. But I'm assuming AI doesn't really have any of that issue. I mean, it needs to have context, needs to have enough memory to actually <laughs> run wild and remember everything. But it, it just works so differently. I don't think it would have any of those problems. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to add to that. I kind of agree. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, do you have do you have any you know closing thoughts, general things about discussion and AI, things that people should explore other than small AI, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing. There's nothing for people to explore. Uh, small developer, they can try. But um, more, I think. No. I think all these are very philosophical and everybody, if you're a developer at all, you need to be experimenting with the libraries that are coming out, the techniques that are coming out, um, because you don't know what you could use them for until you have them internalized. Um, there you can, there's only so much you can do hearing other people's opinions about stuff or like reading the news. That's, yeah. that's, that's kind of like semi-staying informed, but you're not knowledgeable until you are, you've actually done things yourself and had and been hands-on. There's a bunch of courses out there that um, that can help you. Uh, OpenAI released a course with Coursera, I think, um, with Andrew Ng. 
um, on prompt engineering. Uh, there are numerous Langchain courses out there. Uh, OpenAI themselves have a cookbook that you can you can kind of go through. It's it is very long, so just pick pick and choose what you're interested in. Um, I'm coming up. Uh, I'm actually co-writing a course with Noah Hine, uh, another Twitter JS person who is also interested in AI stuff. Um, and we're doing this email course where you, like, we like spend like an hour a day going through the the major functionalities that you should be aware of. Um, and so that's that's at uh, Leighton Space University. And uh, yeah, I mean, like basically get hands on and play with it. Um, there's there's a there, I think there's a minimum bar that everyone should know, and then. If you choose to specialize in it, obviously you can go as deep as you want. But I, I do think there's a, there's, it's, a, it's at a point now where it's not enough to just listen to podcasts. It's not enough to read headlines. Um, you should be coding with it already. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that myself. I mean, the, I, I, I had that getting into open source also. I spent yep. a long time reading every framework in existence to make sure when I built Slinkity as a front end framework, it would have you know the best parts of every idea. But at some point I was like, nah, I'm just spinning my wheels for three months and I'm just not ready to publish an MVM package. It's like, just, just build the thing and you feel a lot more rough edges than if you're just you know pie in the sky thinking about it. Yeah, I used to ignore so much advice about chunking and bidding vector databases. Mm. Uh, hypothetical document and treat retrieval. You only run into these things. You only realize how important they are when you've tried to make your own, uh, you know, chatbot or whatever. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I strongly encourage people to do that. And then, but then, like that, you can stop there if you want. You know, just a, a surface level understanding. It, it'll take you like a week, you know, of really messing around. But at least you'll be much more informed than than the average person. Yeah. Yeah, at least on web dev Twitter, I think you'll be more informed than like most of the people working <laughs> on stuff right now. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a big blind spot to AI and I know other content creators are kind of in the same boat, unless they use Copilot. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. 